As promised, back here on the McFarland Show, 615-844-5600 is the phone line and the text line. Darren and Justin here with you. We are live in the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studio. Oh, Plasmo, the director. George Plaster on the line with us. We told you we were going to catch up with him, and indeed, we are the host of the George Plaster Show. I think we had the same marketing group that got in the same room and came up with the George Plaster Show. Yeah. And the McFarland show with yes. two guys with the last name. I think he had a shorter. McFarlane. I think he had a shorter meeting than we had. <laughs> but yes, it's around the same thought. George, what's going on, Darren? It feels low budget to me. It's low budget and fast and quick. Hopefully, it's efficient. Yes, it's efficient. very efficient for those groups like to come it. up with the show names. Um, efficient is probably not how you would describe Vanderbilt basketball these days for somebody who has been on the call of their games, who's somebody who went to that school, who's somebody who has followed that program very, very closely for decade upon decade upon decade. Speaking of, the last decade has not been too kind to Vanderbilt basketball. Just out of curiosity, George, how, how do you feel right now? And this is going to be seven years in a row this team has not made the NCAA tournament. And quite honestly, most of those seven years, they haven't even been close. Darren, I'm going to answer it um, less as a journalist and more as a person who's been very close with it, who has a bunch of friends that, you know, built the program. I'm pissed. Uh, There's no excuse for what's going on. Um, When I walk in that gym on game night, it breaks my heart to see it, and I wish it bothered Jerry Stackhouse, but I don't see any evidence of that. Well, this is another topic that we have discussed over the years. You know it's a dicey one. It's a tough one, and you kind of have to massage it, and unless you truly know you are getting it from inside the walls, and you really know it's a hard one, I understand, but Vince Ferrara came on Monday's show, and you know Vince. Vince is a very positive, upbeat guy. He's going to err on the side of caution. He's a glasses-half-full type of guy, but he's a very knowledgeable guy as well. And I flat-out asked him about the team that he set courtside and watched on Saturday night against the Vols and said, what are your impressions? He said it looked and felt like a team that couldn't wait for the game to get over. If I said that or you said that, people probably wouldn't bat an eye. But when Vince said it, I got to be honest, I perked up. And then they played a home game last night against Georgia, and again, the same feeling came up of, do they just want this season to be over? How do you feel when you sit and you watch this Vanderbilt team up close and personal? Well, as a broadcaster, I went through this one time um, in the 80s. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that there's a lot of talk about spring break. When you get to this point in the season and you're 2-10 in the conference, it's no fun. Um, You know, I think it's a real mental battle um, each game to try to have a positive attitude. I feel sorry for those kids, um, young adults, because it's not really their fault. Um, what has been recruited, you know, a year ago when it looked like he was starting to turn it on an uptick, 
I started getting uh, the the bells went off in my head when all virtually the entire team left, and I'm like, "What's going on here?" And what they've replaced it with is a lot of Lehigh's and William and Marys and a lot of mid major stuff that doesn't stack up to Southeastern Conference. And it's finally caught up with him, and we have a complete dumpster fire. It's a riot on the Hindenburg. I know you have Chris Lee on your show. We just had Chris Lee on yesterday, and Chris has said this to us in the past, and so I'm positive he said it on your show as well. And you know how this works, George. We've talked to enough people on Beats over the years that, you know, they get information that they just don't create this in their mind. They didn't wake up and say, you know what? I think I'm going to start this narrative. Now, I don't ever press Chris on where, you know, where is this coming from? But he brings up, he, he is constantly brought up with us, the golfing with Jerry Stackhouse on road games. And I'm sure that's been brought up on your show as well. I guess, it, and Chris has kind of suggested, and Chris has done a good job. You know he does a good job of covering uh, Vanderbilt Athletics. He's been doing it a long time, kind of massaging, you know, basically, or, or I guess questioning kind of the work ethic or what it takes, especially in today's game, uh, to keep the ship afloat and keep the ship where it needs to be year in and year out. Um, that seems to be kind of in question, and it seems like he's getting that from somewhere. What What do you make of that part of it when Chris has brought that up on these shows? You're talking about the golf clubs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that he's taken golf clubs on road trips, and I'm appalled by that. I brought it up on our show about a month ago that uh, these are business trips. I, I realize this is an NBA model, but I got news for everybody. This isn't an NBA deal. This is college basketball. These are 18 to 22-year-olds, and when they see a coach take golf clubs on a road trip, what the hell do you think they think? Yeah. I mean, you know, it just, it, it, that's a bad optic. Um, you know, Darren, the one positive that is sort of coming out of this, for a long time, Vandy has just been a very apathetic deal. Fan base deteriorating as low as I've ever seen it. Nobody seems to care. But I'm telling you, people are pissed off with what's going on with this basketball because unlike football, where they are a lot more lenient, they know it's a numbers game, and they know deep down it's really going to be hard to be very good. In this basketball thing, they're a lot more, this school should get to an NCAA tournament every couple, three years. And, you know, they're pissed at the condition of this, and I don't blame them. I'm with them. Justin, I'm going to put you on the spot. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but you okay. brought this, your theory up. And oh, I was going to get, I, I was no, gonna spit it to him. I know, and I want, I want to hear, because I am curious on how he's going to answer. George, Justin has a theory on, you know, with all the construction, I'm going to let him set up the question when we've had these discussions and we get calls on it. And I'm not saying I disagree. I'm just curious how you're going to answer it. 
So, Justin, this is where I, I'm going to let you kind of frame what you've been saying on the show. Okay, and by the way, it, it's it. I think it, I think it turned Darren the wrong way the first couple of times I brought it up because I, I not because he thought it was silly, just because he he would hate to think that this would be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but George, you you know, like I do, that that place is uh, is under construction right now. They've torn up a lot of the roads. Uh, they're They've got the scoreboard at the football stadium, you know, up on a, you know, up on a, on a tow truck or whatever they've got over there. And, you know, th- pardon our dust. They're under construction. It feels like to me, feels like to me that they are asking people in, in a very subtle way to stay away from us right now until we finish up all the construction. And once the construction is finished, then we will reopen the gates to campus and allow people to come on in and participate in our athletic department again. But right now, the way that it is, we don't want a lot of people over here. It's okay if the attendance is down. It's fine because we've got dust and things are not looking the best that it could. What do you think about the possibility of them just trying to maybe buy some time, keep people away until the construction is finished? That's total hogwash. Okay. Why? Well... I mean, honestly, do you think whoever whoever is involved, an athletic director, a coach, or whatever, do you really think that's what they want? Do I think they want low attendance? No, I don't think they want low attendance. But my bigger thing is, George, they've stopped the marketing. I know, and you do too, sir, that we used to have good-to-be-gold billboards all over town, both digital, on television, on radio, on uh, the billboards along the interstate, along West End, 322 Gold is tattooed into my brain. I've been here since 1991, sir, and I know you've been here much longer, but I understand there's been a lot of, you know, marketing put towards Vanderbilt Athletics over the years. Vandy Boys have had all kinds of of campaigns. Uh, The Anchor Down, Memorial Magic, come be a part of it. I have not seen any of that. As of late, not to say they're not doing one. I'm just saying that it's nowhere near as aggressive as it used to be. And it seemed to coincide when they started this whole campaign of putting the place under construction. That's why I'm saying that. Well, they really had no choice as far as how it all works out with construction. I don't pretend to know all the obstacles they have with it. But marketing or not marketing, you can't market this year's basketball it's unmarketable it's virtually unwatchable the reason people aren't going is not because of problems in getting there it's there's no reason to they suck let me ask you this then george who's who's next then You've, they've tried a lot of different things over there. You've tried the NBA model here with the NBA coach, a, a, a coach with some name recognition. Everybody knew who Jerry Stackhouse was the minute he stepped on campus. And that hasn't worked out. Do you go the assistant route where you go find – my idea is go find an assistant at another academic school that does well, an assistant at Duke, an assistant somewhere else that has an academic background that does what Vanderbilt wants to do, at least we, we think they want to do. And, and bring them along and make them the head coach. Other people say, no, you need to go find a smaller school guy, somebody who's got head coach experience at a smaller school and is ready to come up to the next level. What would you like to see as far as what's next for Vanderbilt basketball? I don't know that there's, a, that there's necessarily a recipe. 
Um, you know, it's, it's what's out there right now. For instance, I believe the best person out there that has sort of done it at this level is probably Chris Mack. Uh, Mack's available. His daughter plays volleyball at Vandy. She's the first volleyball signee. If they make a change, that seems like an obvious connection to at least talk to. Dusty May at FAU is one they absolutely ought to investigate. Uh, did an unbelievable job getting them there. FAU probably doesn't have a lot of money. I'm sure Vandy can trump whatever he's getting paid there. Uh, the guy at Samford, Bucky McMillan, is a very interesting name. Uh, Martin Newton, CM's son, is the athletic director. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to think. I put a list together on our show a couple of weeks ago. Tommy Amaker is an easy name to, to throw in there from Harvard. Uh, the mm. guy at Indiana State done a really good job there. That's one certainly worth looking at. The part that we don't really know is what is the perception of Vandy out in that market? Who knows? Mm. Uh, you know, until you get a series of people who tell you, it's hard to know. I don't think it's as good a perception as it used to be, which is why Chris Mack seems like an obvious fit. Needs a job, now wants to get back in, took Xavier to nine NCAA tournaments in 12 years. Um, you know, whatever, whatever model they go to, their dadgum well better be some really good recruiting skill because that's what this is going to take. George, you mentioned the fact that you walked in the gym and it broke your heart with what you saw as far as the attendance and I'm sure the energy and all of that and the thing that we have come to know as Memorial Magic. And back when the place was packed and there was literally electricity in the air just driving past the place. Uh, I remember that vividly. Now, you know, it's, uh, it's nowhere near what it used to be. The question for me is, sir, can it ever be that again or has Nashville as a market moved on? From the point where Vanderbilt is no longer the only game in town, you do have an NHL team here. You do have MLS soccer in town. You do have other things to do than going to West End. Can it go back to the Memorial Magic days where the place was packed on a night-in, night-out basis? Is that audience still here that craves that kind of SEC basketball? It's a really good question. You know, at the end of last season, it was surprising when they took off uh, when Stackhouse looked like he was turning the corner, they had two games near the end that really were close to sellouts. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this is what I grew up in. And um, it's been so long since I'd seen it that I'd forgotten what it looked like. It's a really good question. But, you know, you may have to market it as sort of a, hey, for those of you who can't afford Preds or Titans or whatever, we're going to price it in a way that you can afford, and the product we put out there is going to be good enough. You're going to want to be there. Winning is still the best promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, last thing. I know you got to get to a show. and um, Yeah. Let's end with this. Uh, someone that you have known a long time, dear friend, uh, I saw the news after our show yesterday, and I was floored. 
Eli Gold is not going there is not mm. going to be Nick Saban on the sidelines next year, mm. and there's not going to be Eli Gold in the booth calling Alabama football. That comes off to me really strange and really weird, and that's going to be really strange and even more weird when we get close to football season. Can you believe that that, that is the case? Darren, I'm totally disgusted. I've known for about a month that this was coming, and um, – I'm not going to get into any of the particulars on it other than to say this is dead wrong and Alabama needs to look in the mirror and say, is this how we want to handle somebody who has been our best goodwill ambassador? You know, not maybe not to Saban's level or, or whatever, but, I mean, the announcer is the conduit to the fans. And Eli has been an incredible conduit incredibly popular um i'm surprised that the story going into yesterday's announcement was as underreported as it was Uh, as a broadcaster i'm really uh disgusted i don't think we've heard the last of this again i think it will grow one i think probably a lot of people are still recovering from the shock right that wow because i don't think I don't think there's a lot of people, um, I don't know the percentages that would be as privied as you of giving the heads up a month ago that this this could be a reality. I think there's a good portion of their fan base and people who aren't Alabama fans that just know exactly what you said, Eli Gold's work, that are probably still looking around today going, did I really read that? Did I make that up? Did I dream that? Is that really true? I don't think it's a story that's going to be underreported in you know when it's all said and done, but still, I I can't believe it, and we're still less than twenty four hours removed from that news. George, uh, good stuff as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great show, and uh, we'll talk soon. Hey, enjoyed talking to both of you. Hey, Justin. Yes, sir. Let you and I work on that theory some. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime because you want, just sir. Because Hey, because just because I say it's hogwash doesn't mean it is. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you want, George. Thank you, sir. Hey, talk to you guys. Enjoyed it. All right. That is George Plaster, host of the George Plaster Show. Been doing a long time in this market. We're wide open the rest of the hour if you want to get involved. A lot to digest there. And if you want to discuss it, you can do that. 615-844-5600 is the phone line and the text line. More of the McFarland Show here on WNSR.